Welcome to Splinters, courtesy of The Bench, your Friday night sports fix. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Yes, Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you and as we enter February, we are excited to start our previews for the winter season ahead. The relatively positive situation with COVID means that we are on track to start this year's winter season on time and we cannot wait. To start with, it will be a very early start for the MPL New South Wales men's competition. It's going to be kicking off in February this year. Being football, we need the best mind available to us. With that, please welcome back our chief football correspondent, the spicy chorizo himself, Dom Rizzuto. Good evening to you. Good evening, mate. Say, the chief football correspondent, whilst it's a nothing title, I can't get over how great it sounds every time you say it. Uh, maybe that's a little vain of me, but... Uh, it's very, very, very uh, uh, ambitious title, and it, and it makes me, and it fires me up to talk some, some local football, which is coming our way in the not too distant future, especially uh, the words on time. It's not something that uh, I think we've heard from in, in, in a very, very long period. Absolutely. Well, I'm a little bit excited about tonight's episode, Dom, because it has to be said, we've got some amazing guests on the show tonight, don't we? We've got some illustrious uh, company, uh, that it, which is unusual. For <laughs> the venture splinters, so it's great to have some some uh, some actual best minds in the game joining us for the show this uh, today. Absolutely, well, look, we love having them on the guests. We've managed to jag two of the best, and I mean two of the best from MPL New South Wales into the realms. First off, he is a favourite of ours on Triple H Sports. He's one of the big transfer announcements to occur over the off season. A junior of the, our very own Chatswood Rangers, a championship winner at Manly United. He has just secured a transfer to NPL New South Wales heavyweight Sydney Olympic. He is the Armenian Messi himself. Good evening, Brendan Shalakian. Hey, lads. Thanks for having me on. Um, you pumped my tyres up a lot there, um, but thanks so much for the introduction. Pleasure to be here. Mate, it's, we are all about two things on this show. We're all about pumping tyres and we're all about throwing people under the bus. Because you're a guest, we're going to be pumping your tyres up and we do expect you at some point to be throwing someone under the bus. Oh, fantastic. Looking forward to it. Now, Dom, when we talk greats of the game, our other guest is about as big as they come within NPL New South Wales and someone from your second favourite um, team in NPL New South Wales. Well, look, we all know who my second favourite team is. Not just in NPL, but my second favourite team. Uh, well, wide, close to my heart and my old man, uh, regales stories to me of the great Arfield Leichhardt from when he was a young lad playing whatever fourth division <laughs> that he used to play for them back in the day and, and watching him from Lambert Park. I'm very excited about this guest. Absolutely. He's a former Ollie Roo. He's been in the competition forever and a day. He started off with big stints at the Newcastle Jets and the now-defunct New Zealand Knights. He's another attacking midfielder. We love attacking midfielders, number 10s on this on this show. He's making his debut on with us on Triple H Sports. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Franco Parisi. Good evening to you. Uh, good evening, guys. It's an honour to be on here, and it's exciting that you, you know, you're going to get through another season. So I hope this is my first of many appearances. And uh, I love the passion. I love what I've heard already. And, you know, when, when it's football... Uh, it just, it's in our blood. We all love it. So it's an honor to be here and, and ready to talk some real, real interesting stuff through the preseason, but also, um, I don't know, some, uh, some forecasting for the season. I think, uh, I think we've got a big one coming up. I, look, we love a good forecast, Dom. You and I know how bad we are at this, and I don't imagine NPL New South Wales will get any better for us in terms of our predictions. Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't shoot us down too quickly, Caruso. What are we sitting at? 50% for our EPL predictions? Oh, something uh, like that, I think, yeah. I, I mean, they could, they could be better, but they could be worse. You know? <laughs> Let's hope we can, uh, we can improve on our, our predictions uh, in this uh, session today. Look, 
12 teams. They'll be lining up again for NPL New South Wales 1. We'll go through the, the lineups. We'll talk about the major transfers in the competition, along with a major announcement of squad alignments for this year. Some breaking news during the off-season about how big, how big this is going to get for 2021. We'll also touch on NPL New South Wales 2. Quick mention, of course, the local teams within the Horns by Hornsby Karingai area being the Northern Tigers and Gladesville Horns. They're, they're now, actually, we should call them now the Northwest Sydney Spirit. Um, and that really, Dom, that competition is really starting to resemble the EFL Championship in terms of how close that competition is. Yeah, it's getting um, better and better year on year. Uh, we keep seeing, um, you know, sides that are coming up uh, from the uh, NPL 2 into the NPL, uh, you know, are really, are really sticking with the with the with the stalwarts of the competition and, and really giving it a go, it's becoming increasingly hard to, you know, uh, keep sides uh, in the NPL too and, and, and prevent them from coming up. But it's uh, one that we like to brush on and, and give a quick review, uh, see how things are going, because it's always exciting seeing, um, you know, some of the, the fresh new teams that are on the block uh, coming in and, and really making uh, the new football world of Australia, especially here in New South Wales, um, you know, just broadening that community. Well, with that, the referee and the ARs are ready. VAR, thankfully, has been switched off. With that, we are ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. We're going to kick things off here tonight. The first major change, Dom, of course, we're back to a full home and away season fixture. Last year, a truncated season due to COVID-19 meant that every team only got to play each other once, and it means we're going to get a full season in at this stage. Yeah, great news. Full credit can be given to organisers of the competition, our COVID workers um, that have been able to get the numbers down in New South Wales to uh, zero currently. And let's keep fingers crossed that we don't have any more cases and this season can can go ahead uh, as planned and as scheduled. Because you know, I think we're all I think we're all uh, keen for some consistency when it comes to our sport, especially our local sport. We don't want any confusion or any speculation around whether or not the season's going to go ahead because that can create uncertainty. So. Fantastic, the news that we can hear that we're going to get a full full season as usually scheduled, which will, will only uh, make the competition stronger because teams can prepare for it. Now, I'll go to first to Brendan and then to Franco. I mean, last year, very disruptive um, season. You start, you play one round, off, and then you're back on with a truncated season. How, how, do you, how did both of you gentlemen adjust in terms of starting off and then having to restart? Well, look, I think it was just it was difficult to sense that, um, you know, we lost the game that we loved for so long. Um, you know, there's nothing better than being out on the pitch and, and playing football. So I felt just, you know, mentally it was difficult doing that. It was also difficult physically because, no, 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 certainly from our, our perspective, um, you know, we had to stay fit, do a lot of running that didn't involve actually playing with the ball. It was just, you know, all the ugly stuff like sprints and those sorts of things. Um, so that was obviously difficult as well, trying to stay fit for such a long period of time. So it's um, really exciting to be back to the usual format now um, where we can get some consistency, play home and away each team, um, and just get used to you know playing week in week out, which is what we all love to do. Yeah, look, it's it's obviously much better to get back to normal for us. The COVID season, uh, whilst every game you take the field, you want to win. Uh, to be honest, the COVID season took other priorities. It was more about just maintaining the club's credibility, maintaining a bit of team harmony and dynamics, and and people's lives were being affected. You know, financially, clubs weren't able to sustain what it normally would. So financially. Players weren't receiving any reward or, or very little at that. And, and people had a lot going on in their life. You know, a small period of lockdown that we had in, in, in Sydney at the time when it first broke out. Then when do we train? When don't we train? Can we get to the field? Can we not? When we did, some clubs would let you in the dressing room, some wouldn't. So it became a bit of a, a team dynamic that we wanted to maintain harmony within the group, harmony within Football New South Wales. And just to maintain any competition was the goal. Uh, of course, winning and all that is important, but in many respects, the priority was just to keep the sport and the clubs alive. Uh, and so it's with great pleasure that we're ready to go now, back to normal format, back to normal contracts, back to normal home and away season, back to getting on the field to fight for every minute of every game for those three points. And, and I think you'll see a really, really hungry group of 12 teams about to take the field in three weeks. Now, Dom, 
those two, those 12 teams that are going to be entering the competition this year, happy to announce that we are back to the original 12 that we we're going to have last year. We'll be going through those clubs, but it's nice to see that we've now got a full complement in the competition again of the, those original 12 clubs. Yeah, exactly right. And I think we've, we've, we've hit, we hit the, uh, the nail on the head already about that consistency, the, you know, having the full complement, uh, as you mentioned, Bill, uh, of teams to create that real competitive uh, and exciting nature that we expect from the NPL now as the competition grows and, you know, becomes increasingly important as well that the competition becomes stronger as the, you know, the muted talks of, 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 you know, A-League and, and relegation and promotion over the next few years and, you know, they're starting to think about the logistics of that. Um, it's vitally important that this competition as well as the other state competitions are prepared for when that comes because, it, you know, I think it's all, it's the only thing I think us football fans in Australia really, really, really want. If you wanted us to say, what's the one thing we want? We want that to be the, the next stage of football progression here in this country. The teams that, uh, you know, that are outside of the, of the A-League can be ready to make that step up and be prepared. That's just, you know, fantastic. And having a full competition being run effectively uh, will only uh, make that transition easier. Well, let's get into the um, into the preview of each of the teams, and we're going to start off in alphabetical order. We're going to go to Apia Leichhardt first off, and Dom, what are the transfers for Apia this so far this year? The notable ones. Well, look, they've brought uh, n- nobody in uh, so far, but they have lost uh, Chris Payne to uh, uh, Sydney United. Um, they were pretty hit, they were pretty hit hard last year, you know, finishing in the bottom of the ladder, conceding two and a half goals a game. Not yeah, usual standard as you'd. Imagine from 2019, they were only putting in you know, 0.3 of a goal in the back of the net. Um, so they'll miss uh, Chris Bain's form up front as well, um, scoring 23 goals in you know, 2019, um, nearly half their goals that season. So uh, they're obviously you know, going to have some, some challenges, but uh, once again, I expect them to be you know, a pretty dominant force in this competition now that uh, the season's going to be a, a, you know, at a full capacity. And certainly, Franco, the discussion with regards to Apia season last year was that it was certainly an aberration in what would be considered very difficult times. And, you know, a a proud club like Apia will surely be roaring their way back up the ladder in 2021. Absolutely. So only moving forward. Uh, Look, one big signing we we did uh, have is Blake Powell. Now, Blake Powell uh, is, is a super player and his finishing ability is world class. It's not just MPO level. It's not just A League. It is world class. And and I was lucky enough to play with Blake. Uh, I think five or six years ago when he was with Arthur, and and we lost him to A League at the time, which was definitely always going to happen after he'd scored. Uh, he, you know, he got the twenty goals very early on, uh, and and we lost him then. So to get Blake back, um, and he's looking good. He's been working hard. He's looking after himself. He's he's a leader. He's a professional. And he's just a super, super talent, especially in the final third of the field. So, look, Chris, Chris was a great player for us and a super guy. We will miss him. Um, but in, in the focus for the year coming up, Blake Powell is a massive signing for us. In other news, uh, we've pretty much got everyone back on board. So COVID season missed a few players through injury and just the reasons of COVID. So we've got Ivan Nachevsky back in goals. We've got uh, Temba, Motomalo. We've got Paul Galimi. We've got Josh Simmons, uh, Sean Simmons, Corey Bixos coming back from injury. We've got David DePuzo coming back in. So the, the amount of players that are coming back in that weren't part of the squad last year, it almost feels like we've got a whole new sign-in of superstars that have won competitions and titles and Waratah Cups and minor premierships over the last four years. And most of the core group now is, is the team that beat Melbourne Victory in FA Cup, is the team that won the grand final two years ago, is the team that were minor premiers three years ago. So we really have a lot to look forward to. But, but definitely Blake Powell is a noticeable signing. And there's some other super signings in, in Harry Callahan, in uh, William Mack. Um, we've got Hassan. Uh, we've got some really super players that have come from the NPL into our group of players. We've got Sammy McElhaddon's come back. So he's been over in the U.S. He was with us two years ago. He was uh, trying to get his trade in the U.S. and he's come back. So uh, Sammy McElhaddon, in any in any mind, could play A-League no problem tomorrow. So we really have got um, a much better squad than what we went to with the COVID season into. 
And Brendan, you know, that's that, that's a scary thought that Arpia have um, got their their team, their house back in order with so many superstars in the lineup, many of them with A League experience. Um, you can see the the days of Arpia certainly returning back to what they were even a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, realistically, the, the days never really left. Like Franco said, it's, it was a COVID season affected last year, and, and that was never really a true representation of what most of the teams put out last year. So, for, in my opinion, Arpia never really left in their strong position of, of, of where they are in the competition. And signings such as you know Blake and, and Sam are going to add some real quality um, to the squad on top of the players um, that have already delivered um, in seasons past. So certainly a really strong team. Um, that everyone's going to be have to be at their best um, in order to get a result against week in week out. Dom, I'm going to give you the prediction first off for this. I expect them to be competing for finals. It, last year was just an absolute aberration. They'll be roaring back. You and Franco, I'm assuming, will be back in the boys' in. Yeah, absolutely. If we putting him in the, the top of the tree, if, I think anything less would be you know the, the, the club will be disappointed with. They expect performances of, of a high caliber. I'm expecting a, a you know a one two. Want to, you know, finish, um, but definitely, if not, definitely within that third and fourth position. Absolutely. We'll be there fighting every single game and, and back us to be really, really amongst the good footballing teams and fighting every game. So at this level, that is the recipe for success. Oh, yeah, you, you lock them in for top five and, and they're in the mix for winning the whole thing. It's, it's like they are really much every year, so you wouldn't expect anything different this year either. Let's go to the next club, Blacktown City and... A relatively quiet year for them, um, but certainly missing one of their big-name players from a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. From what I've heard, there hasn't been too much movement coming into the squad. Maybe the, the guys can uh, enlighten us and see if perhaps they know some uh, some ins and some outs uh, from their connections within the within the league. Uh, but they do lose uh, uh, Leroy Jenkins, who's gone down to Wollongong, you know, which will be a bit of a loss. Uh, didn't have the best year. I think everyone kind of sort of struggled last year. You know, They lost Joey Gibbs, who departed to the Mariners, um, which was obviously... A, a bit of a disappointment for them, but you know there was a shining light, some really solid performances from uh, Tristan Predegast, who was rewarded for a solid season last year with a regular gig on the bench for Sydney FC. So it's going to be probably another, you know, I think a, a, a tougher year for Blacktown. But you know we've seen the, you know, some performances from them over the last few seasons that uh, you know they, they do like to fight with the best, and you know they can really put it to a lot of teams in this competition. It hasn't been the Blacktown City of old, Brendan, but that we know their strength in the junior ranks, and we can we think that should only continue as they can. Yeah, it's just one of those clubs that you know every single year they you know they may you know pick up a player or lose a player, and you think that they might miss out in finals, but it's just they've got this you know this template of success, and they tend to get results year in year out. Um, so you know you expect nothing less, and you're right. You know there's always juniors coming through, and they seem to fit in seamlessly into the first grade environment and then they end up putting in really good performances throughout the year. So they're always very difficult to beat. Um, they're extremely fit as well. So, you know, I'd expect nothing less really um, uh, this year. And, and I actually heard that um, over the past couple of days, apparently Travis Major has signed for them again. So um, coming back from overseas, so that's a big signing for them. Franco, they are one of the physical teams in the competition. They're known to sort of really get up and in your face, but that doesn't stop them from playing very attacking football. Yeah, look, Blacktown have always been a club that people aspire to play for as a juniors. So I, I feel as though they'll still be up there. Crito year after year, as Brendan was saying, would just always seems to get the team going, regardless of losing players, regardless of who comes through. They have a system, they have a way. And look, when they're at home, they're a really, really difficult outfit. No one really likes going out to Lily Home Stadium and thinks they're going to have an easy game. So I think Blacktown, as as a makeup of a club, have really dedicated themselves to be winners. And, and I don't see it any different this season, regardless of the... I'm calling them uh, in battling for the finals, I think probably fourth or fifth place, just because of the quality of some of the other clubs. Dom, as Frankel said, you know, Lily Home Stadium, I've refereed there in the past. It can be very intimidating. I imagine you were picked on quite a bit as well, Caruso. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I agree with you. Uh, there's definitely going to be, they're going to be right up there, uh, right amongst the mix. There's no reason why they can't be pushing finals, if not uh, being in the finals. We should be mentioned that the club is a, is a huge club, which has a, a plethora of young talent coming through in that catchment area in particular. Um, I know a few guys from out that way. 
through work and through, through university. We all play football, go watching football. So we expect big things from the club. It is, again, there's no doubt that... Uh, They'll be right in the mix. For me, they're up there, top five, no problem. Always value how Crito gets his team going. They'll find their groove and they'll they'll be hard to beat. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Top five again, you know, very strong at home. Um, and yeah, definitely in, in for finals contention. Let's go to the, the next team in order. It is Manly United and Dom, quite a few changes for them this year. Ben Coop from Sydney FC Youth is coming across. Sia Kabayashi from Bulai FC. And Jimmy Oates uh, has come over from Exeter City on a mid-season transfer. That was obviously during the year uh, of uh, 2020. But uh, some big losses in the transfer outs, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it uh, from the man himself. Um, Sasa Makura is now a free agent. But Caruso, one of our illustrious members on the team, is, uh, has jumped ship. I'm sure it, uh, he'll have a story to tell us about it. Yes, of course, Brendan, as we mentioned. Brendan now signing with, uh, with Sydney Olympic, and it, I guess... In, in some ways, Brendan, bittersweet to leave um, Manly United, especially after a premiership win, but it's not every day that Sydney Olympic come knocking on your door. Oh, yeah, look, I just, uh, no, first and foremost, I just want to say what an absolute pleasure it was to play for Manly. They're such a brilliant club full, full with some amazing um, people, and it's such a great place to play football, but most importantly, it's such a family-oriented uh, club. So it was an absolute pleasure playing there. Look, I just felt like... Um, with what we had achieved um, when I first arrived at Manly, you know, building a squad from, you know, a, a team that, you know, was just coming in the, you know, bottom half of the table to eventually building up to a squad that um, uh, won won the grand final um, was a huge achievement. I sort of felt like that at that point it, it was time for me to, you know, look for a new challenge. Um, I did stay for a couple of years after winning, um, and it was more for the fact of how much I loved the club. Um, but sometimes it can tend to be just the easiest decision to, to stay where you are. And I felt like it was a time in my career to, um, you know, make a bit of a change and look for a new challenge. And, um, you know, I've been in conversation with a couple of clubs over previous seasons, but it never felt like the right time. And, and this year it just made sense with Olympic. Um, Olympic, again, you know, one of the most, if not the most highly regarded club in the competition um, with such a great future, great uh, great history, sorry, great fan base, uh, and currently such an incredible uh, squad and coaching staff. Um, so it just made sense that that was the right time um, for me to make the move. And Franco, one of the great strengths from Manly United, you know, like we said with Blacktown City, their ability to generate um, youth and the... Really, you've seen some of the players go on to the Sydney FC, the likes of Harry van der Sarg, Patrick Wood, and Callum Neuenhoff, just to mention a few. But they they just they've started to go more and more local, and they're realising a team full of juniors does make it a very exciting prospect for the team from the Northern Beaches. Totally, look, Manly have have serviced the northern side of Sydney for a long time, and. The, the talent that has come through, but not only are they talented footballers, they've been able to express themselves. They've, they've, the club has been able to nurture these footballers. So it's one thing about getting talented footballers at a club or talented young players, but to able to encourage them to come through the 18s or 20s and then into the first team, uh, Manly have done an excellent job. And uh, when I was first coming through, and, and we're talking many years, it was, you know, Warringah Dolphins. But now as, as Manly, the last... A couple of decades have really, really just nurtured the whole division of the Northern Beaches, the Northern Sydney, and and just able to have these young players develop into something else. So I think a lot of credit has to go to clubs that are able to do that because it's it's not easy and it takes everyone involved on and off the field. So I, I expect to see Manly this year uh, give us a few players that we haven't really seen at the level and, and have some excitement. And, and for me in this competition, whoever is hungry, whoever is prepared, and whoever's got some of these players that are coming through and going to take it to the other team, um, they're in it for something exciting. So definitely Manly are always a club uh, that has respect from everyone. And Brendan, we've noticed over the last couple of years in particular, Manly's defence, absolutely strong, one of the most dynamic midfields in the team, and that was really bolstered um, by the signing of 
uh, local junior Jimmy Oates returning from England as stalwart of the game uh, and really a fan favourite. We have noticed over the last couple of years that their, their, their lack of goals and they really haven't had an out-and-out striker of any particular class since the retirement of Dylan McAllister. Yeah, absolutely. And that was somewhat of the, the frustration with the squad, not due to lack of effort of us trying to recruit players, but just the difficulty of sometimes getting players to the northern beaches due to the, the distance. Um, uh, but look, Franklin made a really good point. You know, they've, it's a proven track record at Manly. That, um, there's been, you know, incredible talent that's been pushed through the junior ranks. Uh, and I'm sure it won't be long before uh, that again uh, comes to fruition for, for a position such a striker. Like I said, it's just only been over the past couple of years since Maka retired that we just weren't able to get someone in. And that was really what was sort of lacking with the squad to sort of take us back to that title-winning season. Um, and look, getting Jimmy Oates back, um, not only is an incredible bloke, but, you know, he's a fantastic player, great defender, has had experience of playing at a pretty decent level over in the UK, um, being involved in FA Cup matches and those sorts of things. So incredible signing for them, and not only on the pitch, but, but off the pitch as part of the, the team and squad also. Dom, I think Manly United going to be probably middle of the table. The, the loss of Brendan, obviously, is going to... They're going to go with that, the talismanic number 10. I just see a lack of goals, but I see them also very difficult to break down. I'm thinking mid-table for them. Yeah, it's it'll be, a I think, a similar season as one we've probably seen over the last couple of years for, for, for Manly. Not to say that, again, that they're going to not have a, a right old go at it, but, uh, yeah, as you said, this the guys brushed on just before um, probably... It might ring true for this season. So, yeah, a mid-table prediction for me. Well, it's difficult for me because a lot of these boys have played with and I know the talent that they've got. Um, but without being in the setting this year, it's, it's always hard to, uh, to know, you know how the dynamic is and the changes that they've made. But I just know that the squad's got a lot of talent there. Um, you know, they, 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 we've proven that in the past. I assume if the signings have come through, as as mentioned, especially someone like um, uh, Ben Cooper, who's, who's a great young talent, I think they have got the potential of making that top five. It, it could be difficult, um, as it was for us in the past couple of seasons, um, but they've got the ability there. They've got a really good structure at the club. So I think if their signings start to fire early, I, I think fifth spot could be a really good um, um, aim and uh, realistic uh, um, spot for them to finish. Yeah, look, I've just got to be mindful. We've already two clubs in and we've both uh, said both club top five, so I've got to watch out how quick the five gets filled. So that's probably the only reason I may not say top five here, but uh, you know, I've said it earlier and, and Brendan raised a few good points there. They really could do it. So I'm not going to predict the top five, but uh, if they get themselves going, if they can get some goals coming through, they're definitely going to be difficult to beat. So it, it is a possibility, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to them seeing uh, seeing Manly bring through a few players this year that we've we've not really heard about, and and that for me will be a success for Manly to just keep doing what they do, um, and and through that success will continue. So uh, it's not a top five for me based on what I know from the team, but um, I'll be happy to be proven wrong in that regard. We then go to the last team before the halftime break, Dom. It is the Marconi Stallions, and a couple of changes here, but a club that steadily continues to improve. Yeah, not too many uh, ins and outs, uh, just a, a couple to mention. Uh, Charles uh, Loco Lingoy uh, has gone to Sydney Olympic, and sorry, sorry, he's come in from Sydney Olympic, apologies, and uh, they've transferred out uh, Luca Kuka to MacArthur FC. Like he said, Caruso side, always in amongst it, proving a hassle for many size, improves year on year, and, and they've had some, some good t- uh, seasons uh, a few years back, and I'm assuming they'll, well, they'll be hoping to be again amongst the best of the rest uh, in this uh, new season coming, uh, but you know, for the Marcos, excuse me, Marconi Stallions. And Brendan, this has been a, a team that has been, uh, that has shown improvement since their their one-off season in MPL two, um, building up slowly. Uh, Anthony Frangi and Marco Jesic have been very solid for them. Uh, their hardest thing dealing with them is they've got one of the best defences in the competition. And I should say, probably say typical of an Italian squad in a way. Yeah, yeah. And again, you expect nothing less from them this year. Um, they've slowly improved their squad um, year in, year out since returning back to um, the top division. Uh, like you mentioned, some key players there. Yes, it is always, you know, a deadly player year in, year out. Uh, and they seem to just keep adding um quality to their squad each season so 
you know, Franco joked about, you know, it's going to be difficult to pick this top five because every sport I've mentioned so far is, is in for the running, but these guys you'd expect to be right up there. Um, they're, they're always difficult to beat at home. Um, I, I guess the thing is, is what we've noticed when playing them over the years is they're either really on their, on the money one game, but if you catch them on a day off, it, it's an opportunity where you can pick up some points against them. Um, so it just really just depends on the um, the harmony in the squad and, and if they're on their day, they're going to be hard to beat. Franco, a couple of years ago, Marconi obviously made the big the big play announcement in signing former Socceroo Michael Beecham into the side, and he's continued to have uh, some sort of a, an influence within the club along with when they had Ante Kovic um, over there. A club very much on on the build, and but certainly plenty of room to improve still. Yeah, definitely. Look, I think there's something brewing over there, and and it's just a matter of is it going to come together? Because off the field, in terms of the staff, the intention of the club, and, and what they're doing is definitely gearing up to win the title. I mean, they've, they've spent some money, they've brought in the right people, they've done a lot of things off the field, and 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 I don't think uh, that has translated. Onto the field. So if all that comes together and, and they do connect and, and similar to many comments Brendan just said, they could definitely be a, a difficult, difficult team for every club to play against. But, um, I'm not going to put them in my top five just yet because it's, it's a lot of what ifs at the moment. And it's been a few years where they've uh, promised a lot and, and not quite delivered, but definitely capable, definitely a super club, super squad and, and something that, you know, no one will go against them lightly. And I, I agree with that prediction there. I've got them battling for the finals but missing out. Dom? Yep, I'm, I'm having them missing out as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like I said, it's, it's that um, potential of them to do really well. Um, but I just think with the quality in the league this year, um, they're going to have to do a lot to make the top five. So if I even pick a spot, I would probably say six for them. Well, with that, we've now come to half time in our podcast. Uh, Looking forward to covering the rest of the squads here right after the break. You are listening to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn Radio and all good podcast sites. Anthony Caruso with Dom Rizzuto and our special guests Brendan Shalakian and Franco Parisi previewing NPL New South Wales 2021. We're going to be getting straight back into our previews. Next up on the list, Dom, the Mount Druitt Town Rangers, and boy, haven't they rung the changes through. Yeah, some massive changes uh, from the Rangers this year. I'm just going to go through the ins and just going to take a deep breath as I run them straight off the list. Uh, John Roberts comes in from Central Coast Mariners. Takuma Tusijumua from Bulai FC. Uh, Fumuto Kamada from Tarawana Blues uh, to the Illawarra Premier League. Bull Juach from Wollongong Wolves. Mitch Smith from the North Shore Mariners, uh, an easier one to pronounce for myself. Ulusini Fofana from Western City Wanderers Youth Team. And Mark Warren has come across from Sutherland Sharks. No transfers out. Big depth play here from the Rangers, who finished a respectable seventh last year. So obviously trying to bring in some competition for places and, and really kind of, you know, fire this team into the, you know, that top five and, and really push for finals. Franco, this was a team that sort of came in with a lot of gusto about themselves. One of the best attacks first starting off, but the, from a couple of years ago, um, the loss of Fabrizio Fernandez uh, really did hurt them, uh, especially considering his critical role in a triumvirate attack, which include Miran Pavlovich and Tufik Alamaladin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Fernandez just had that ability to turn the game from any moment, so players like that are not easy to find in our league, and at that level, he was able to really give them those goals that uh, probably in the middle of battle, they are a, a side that do compete and compete very well, so to have a competing side that's very, very disciplined, uh, hard, in every possible way, and then have a player like Fernandez able to switch the game and and break something down and and create a counter attack or, or a moment of flair, really was a, a massive thing for them. So to to not have you know the firepower these days, but look, they've still got some super players and they've still got 
some real possibilities to to do some upsets. But uh, I guess me saying the words upsets is is given a bit of intention of where I feel they'll they'll fit into the competition. Definitely not looking to be relegation contenders for me, but I struggle to see them outplaying teams. It'll be more about competing, being in the matches, and and they'll definitely get some points throughout the year. And Brendan, a very unusual thing that uh, that has occurred with this club, they've, they've really targeted the Illawarra region for, for players, and indeed, three of the players that they've picked up um, coming from that area, plus you could, I guess, include Mark Warren being picked up from the from the Shire. Yeah, no, look, they've recruited really well. Um, I guess the challenge of recruiting multiple players is it can be difficult for the squad to gel immediately off the bat. Um, there seems to be a fair bit of talent in that Illawarra region, uh, and the Illawarra Premier League seems to be a really strong um, regional league competition, so it makes sense for them to pick up some talent there and maybe some hidden gems um, that are playing in that competition. So it's good to see the club giving some of those players an opportunity to prove themselves um, in the MPL1 uh, division. Uh, yeah, look, I, I completely agree with everything Franco said, that you know they're going to be strong com- um, uh, competitors as they've been um, you know, season in, season out. Um, just the concern is, is you know, where's that creativity and flair going to come from? Um, they're certainly going to pick up points, but I'm just not sure if they've got um, an, enough in terms of goals and creativity to get them into that um, top five um, position to, to make their way through the finals, but certainly a very, very tough team to 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 win against, especially at uh, Poppendetta Park. I'm gonna I'm calling them probably one of the teams battling to avoid um, relegation, but I think out of the teams out of that, they'd probably be the safest of the lot. Yeah, look, I think a little bit better than that. I think they'll survive uh, that relegation scrap, but. Uh, they're going to need to remain focused and, and resolute throughout the uh, season um, to make sure that they don't find themselves in that predicament. But, yeah, I'm expecting a little bit better than that. So maybe just above that relegation scrap, but uh, no, I wouldn't see them battling for finals, that's for sure. Let's go to one of the big changes that has occurred this year. Maybe not so much in terms of players moving, but in terms of the structure of the club itself. Dom, it is... Formerly the North Shore Mariners, now the North Bridge Bulls. Yeah, interesting name change. Perhaps trying to, I don't know, get a different catchment area in. I'm not so sure. No, I, I can confirm anything. that is that. I can confirm that is the case. They have um, partnered up with MacArthur. Shouldn't have uh, doubted myself. Look, no transfers in. Uh, they lose Mitch Smith to the Mount Druitt Rangers. That's the second year in MPL. New South Wales won, and it'll be interesting to see how they go. You know, third year in. You know, no one wants to be referred to as third year syndrome, so it'll be a tough year for them for sure. But uh, there's still some plenty of talent in the squad, which I'm sure will. Uh, Dissector further down. And Franco, a club that built their reputation, not necessarily on being the most skillful team, but for all all intents and purposes, probably the fittest team in the competition. Yeah, look, they definitely took everyone by surprise uh, the start of the season before COVID hit, and they were well-prepared, well-drilled, and, and a great team dynamic. So the, the staff there and the group of players uh, at the time, I'm not sure how they're doing this preseason, but... From from when uh, they started last season at the start of 2020, they were definitely very impressive. So if they've got the same makeup, the same DNA of of what that team means, then you know they're another club that's just going to keep surprising people. And there's not an easy game. I mean, there's only 12 teams, and each team can beat each other. This is one of those sides that I, I can't really say top five, but I can say look out, look out every time you play them. Brendan, local. Local rivals, they've built up that, that reputation of being able to run all over the park and certainly Manly and United last year had a, had an absolute ding dong against the, against the club. Yeah, yeah, Frank is right. It's that surprise team. You never really know what you're going to get from them, but it's always going to be a tough, tough match. Um, you know, with them partnering with the MacArthur A-League organisation, um, you know, I'm not sure what effects that will take on the squad, um, in terms of, you know, potentially MacArthur pushing through some of the younger, players for experience in the NFL competition. So, again, a bit of the unknown there. Um, I think just due to the massive change, um, due to them losing Mitch, who, who I believe was their top scorer last year, I think, unfortunately, they will struggle. Um, but, they're, like again, have to agree with Franco, there's no easy games in this competition. Um, and if you're not on your, on your game against them, um, they can easily turn you over, especially with um, how fit they can be and how physical they can be as well.
I'm I'm sticking my neck out with this though, Dom. I I've said it'll take them a year to fully realise the partnership. I think they're one of the favourites for relegation. Oof. Like you know I love sticking list. my you know I love sticking my neck oh, out. I know, I know. See, it's always hard saying that you, you know that a team is high relegation. They'll be in the in the months that scrap for sure. I think. Uh, to start with, but I, you know, as we mentioned, they're tricky customer. Yeah, look, I might, I might have to agree with you, Chris. I'm, more, I'm going to join you with this uh, neck stretch and yeah. uh, put them in that scrap. We then go on to the Rockdale Illenden FC, also known as the Rockdale City Suns, and Dom, uh, a club that surprised everyone last year and went all the way. Yeah, a huge performance. Uh, Last season uh, from Rockdale, fantastic! Congratulations to them. They've made some good signings as well this year, this year. And Noel Ordonez from Sydney Olympic has come across. James Telemkovsky from Sutherland Shire and Kyle Shimenti from NK Kustosija. Uh, they lose Michael Neal to the Newcastle Jets. Big surprises last year, and I think that great triumph is only going to spur them on this year as well. Brendan, they, they've been a bit of a roller coaster club over the last couple of years. They built up one of the best defensive lineups, headed up by former Socceroos goalkeeper Ante Kovic, certainly one of my favourite goalkeepers in Australia. They had issues in their defence two years ago. That was resolved when they signed David Bradasevich, but it was up front where they had their biggest improvement. Alec Urasevsky, Marie Gautier, and Nicol- and your former teammate Nikolai Taneski had been a handful. They missed Taneski last year, but certainly Urasevsky and Gautier being an absolute handful. Yeah, you're right. I think they've sort of had a couple of years where they've sort of underperformed, um, you know, not too sure of the type of playing style that they wanted to go with. But last season, they really locked in a, a type of style, which was very focusing on, um, you know, a strong defensive line. I think they went to a, a back three with wing backs, which, you know, allowed them to be quite flexible. Sometimes they can, you know, sort of park the bus, bunker ring and play in the counter-attack, but then also, um, you know, at a flick of a, a switch, they can change into quite an attacking formation. So I think with them locking into uh, a structured playing style, it really allowed them to achieve what they could achieve last year. Um you know, I, I know it's only one player, but I think I think Mickey Neal is, is a huge loss just because he was so crucial to that wing back role. Um, uh, but again, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Um, I, I'm not sure that they're going to finish in those top one or two numbers, but, but you expect them to be around that top five and, and fighting for um, for the finals contention. It's always difficult to back up after being in the in the grand final, um, so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back um, from from their loss against City United. Um, but you know, especially uh, at their home ground, they're always a difficult team to beat. And Franco, one of the big rumours still floating around is the future of their former striker Sasa Makura. Uh, no word yet, but if he returns for Rockdale City, he will give that uh, that forward line um, some extra firepower, considering that they will have Taneski back from his injury. Absolutely, yeah. Not sure where that, that rumour or, or, or fact is, but uh, there's no doubt that would definitely add a, a lot of necessary firepower for them. Obviously, Rockdale come out of the COVID season with a lot of confidence and a lot of belief that what they're doing is right. Um, for me, not top five. For me, uh, there's a few uh, things that will really need to come together. Uh, credit to them uh, for a turnaround of the last couple of years, and, and COVID was definitely... Uh, a fantastic season for them, but I think they'll find it a lot tougher against much more prepared, organised and committed sides this season. So uh, not ruling them out in any ways because they've got a lot of uh, good players through there, but just some things still not quite right in my mind at that club. So I'll, I'll look to see them uh, kicking on this year, but but can't can't say they're the top five for me. I've said that they're going to be, originally said they were going to be favourites for the competition, but Dom, certainly after the revisions that we've been doing in the prep, I've got them battling to make the fives. Do they make it? I don't know. I think so. I think uh, I think they're going to make the five. I think they will be fifth. I'm going with an exact prediction. I think they'll spin fifth. I think the high of last year will, will carry on. Uh, that belief in the squad will be there. Yes, they lose a couple of key players, but I think that they, they, know how to, they know how to win a competition now, and I think that kind of that experience never dies uh, in a team when you have that ability and that belief. So I'm going to sit them at fifth. 
Let's go to our next team, and it's a very quick one here, Dom, the Sutherland Sharks. Of course, some late-breaking news, as we mentioned uh, earlier on. Not only did they lose James Temelkovsky, who's gone to Rockdale, um, they did lose um, Blake Powell, and they've... Um, They've lost Mark Warren as well. So those have been big announcements there for Sutherland Sharks. They've retained Peter Simoniski, but this is a club that pulled out of NPL1 last year due to COVID. They've come back. I'm simply saying they are my favourites for relegation. Yeah, I, I have to agree. They've been up and down since uh, coming into NPL1. They've hung on and they've had a, a good year the following year. They've hung on and a, another good year. I think this might be the year when they might not be able to hang on. They're definitely uh, one of my favourites for relegation. We played them last night, and I, I think they're going to take a few people by surprise. Uh, they're working on a different formation, which uh, it looked like a 3-5-2 last night. I'm not sure if that's just a bit of pre-season fun and, 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 and throwing people off, but I think there's something there that'll keep them in the mix. I love her. Yeah, I think it was Chris that said favourite for relegation. I just love that phrase. Uh, but for me, Sutherland aren't favourites for relegation. I, I think they'll just be... Uh, in and around uh, six to ninth spot, and, and and they'll do their thing similar to Manly in some ways. They they do the Shire proud. They they do bring through a lot of players and and look after that association really really well. So for me, Sutherland are, are always a club. You see it in their 18s and 20s. They really dominate those competitions, and and they have picked up a few boys that have come back. So next day he's back in the mix, and and he was really good for them last night. So. Uh, I, I don't see them getting relegated. I think Sutherland's too too good a club, and they've, they've, they've not really found themselves in that battle too often. Uh, so for me, not looking to see them battle to win the comp, but I think they'll play their part and do what they do well. Brendan, it's one thing that uh, Frankel did mention that's quite true: is the Sutherland strength in the uh, in the youth competitions. It, it may be that even if they do. It, even if they do get relegated, for example, the sheer strength of their youth means that they would probably bounce straight back up anyway. Or do they use this as an opportunity to really push those kids through and develop what could be a solid squad for the next three, four years? Yeah, look, I just think the MPL1 competition is such a ruthless competition. Um, if the young boys aren't ready to go from the start, it, it could be a long year for them. Um, but in saying that, like you said, um, you know, they've got a proven track record of having quality come through the ranks. I just think losing key players such as Powley and, and Mark Warren um, will just take a big hit to the squad, um, not only uh, in terms of quality, but, but also in just terms of leadership um, and in terms of the dressing room. Uh, yeah, look, it's ne- I never like saying they're a favourite for relegation because there, there is no easy games in this competition, but, but I do think they'll be down there in the scrap. We then go to one of the more intriguing clubs, Dom, and one that really did catch the COVID season by surprise last year. It is the Sydney FC um, Youth Academy. Uh, Only two players out, but they left teams gasping for air early on in the season. Well, I hope so. They're all under 20. They should be as fit fit as a fiddle. They should be running teams uh, ragged all the time. I think if they had some experience in there that... uh They'd you know be one of the best teams uh, year on year. Look, they're they're a strong side, and it, I think it's a testament to Sydney FC's uh, ambition in, in in terms of uh, football here in Australia and, and and playing youth. You've seen it a little bit this season in particular. Some of the the, the young guys getting a run in the sky blue. Uh, there's no reason that this side again uh, won't uh, be a hassle the rest of the competition. Will they be in finals? I'm not so sure, but again, I think a bright young squad brimming with talent. There's always a danger for any team. Brendan, you've got a very good relationship with their head coach in, uh, in Jimmy Van Weeren, and what he's done with the, with the Youth Academy is enough that people are now seriously paying attention in terms of how well they are, they're doing in terms of bringing talent up to the fore. Yeah, Jimmy's a fantastic coach, fantastic guy. Um, he's, he's proven himself uh, over the years to have that great eye for talent, um, but also a really good tactician um, in terms of setting up his Sydney FC teams to be extremely difficult to beat and playing to their strengths. Uh, I, I think they were really successful last year due to the type of season that it was. I, I think that, um, as Dom mentioned, you know they're extremely fit, they're extremely quick, and, and they play to their strengths. And I think that caught a lot of teams off guard that were especially a little bit underdone, um, you know, a little bit out of whack with, with the type of season that it was. Um, but f- full credit to them, they were they executed what they needed to do to get results. I, I think how well they do this year will be dependent on the players um, that come back to their squad 
from Sydney FC. Um, you know, a couple of them I know have moved on to, you know, some other A-League clubs. Some of them have been pushed up to the first grade squad with Sydney. Uh, which boys come back, which boys don't. It's, it's difficult to say. Um, however, in, in saying that, I think with everyone sort of starting on, a, on an even playing field this year with a full pre-season under the belt, uh, I do see it being a little bit more difficult for them um, to get to the heights that they did last year. Um, so I think that they will miss out of the top five. Um, but again, if, if you're not ready to go against them, um, if you're feeling a bit sluggish perhaps from a, a tough week of training, they will, they will exploit that uh, and they'll be, they, they could get a result. Franco, the two players we have had confirmed will be made available for them. It will be Callum Neuenhoff and the golden boot from last year in Patrick Wood. These two really were the linchpin of Sydney FC making the finals last year. I see them just missing out this year, but with those two in the in the lineup, they'll only be better for the experience, not only from last year, but also the odd um, game that they are playing in the A-League. Look, absolutely, two two great players, and, and there's a lot more football in them. We'll see a lot more of them in, in the higher levels of, of the game. For for me personally, any game we have played against Sydney FC whilst they've been in our competition has always been difficult. I think where we've always got the better of always, most times got the better of was purely the experience and and sort of that match smartness. I think that's the only thing holding this team back, uh, this club back from really, really performing higher in our league. I think the COVID season, as Brendan was saying, was, was probably in their favour because they're obviously uh, far more professional, far more organised, uh, fitter, and, and were much more prepared than the other clubs, and, and that really favoured them. So I think coming into this season, they'll definitely uh, win their games, they'll definitely make some good football out there, and they'll make it difficult for every team to beat them. But clearly the age and the the lack of depth for real you know, match winners and, and winners in general, purely by the, the nature of their age, will always limit them in this competition. So uh, excited to always play against them, excited to see what they do in the comp. They'll knock off a few people here and there, and they'll be somewhere amongst uh, amongst it. But, yeah, I, I think their participation alone is to develop players, and that's what I'm excited to see for them in this, this season, not so much looking them, to them at the top of the table. Let's go to the next team, one of the, the true powerhouses of Australian football, Dom, Sydney Olympic FC. And there are some there are some transfers here to talk about. As I mentioned, uh, a few of them have already uh, uh, moved on. Uh, they've lost uh, Enol Ordonez to Rockdale, Charles Lokolingoy to Marconi, uh, Raul Benditi to the to Uday Poglanesi. Uh, but they do bring in Luke uh, Carries, our man Brendan Talakian, and Olivia. Hufflet from Western Sydney Wanderers Youth Team. Brendan, a, a season that promised so much but failed to deliver, I think, for this grand old club. Olympic have pulled out all stops. Uh, unfortunately, you don't have um, Sebastian Ryle this year, but you have managed to, re- I believe, retain the services of Anthony Bazanis in, in goals. Everything's in set, really, for what looks like Sydney Olympic returning to the finals. Um, yeah, look, the club has, um, has made a huge effort to bring in um, quality to the squad, um, trying to fill some of the positions uh, that they felt like they were um, uh, lacking in previous seasons. Uh, I know they've gone out and you know made sure that they've got some depth in the back line. Um, a couple of players, or a player that, you, that wasn't on the list there, Michael Glassick, um, so a young defender that was sort of playing overseas, in Hong Kong, uh, you know, making the effort there to get in a player who's been playing professionally to bring into our league, I think is an important step for the club. Um, it, just for me personally, joining the club, it's it's been a, um, a pleasure so far um, playing with the boys, playing under Ante and, and the other coaching staff, and I've really enjoyed it up until this point, and I'm really excited for what the season holds for us. Um, and look, I, I think just with the ambition of the club, it creates that a, a bit of accountability within the playing group um, to make sure that we are performing week in, week out. Uh, so also just some responsibility from us as players to make sure that we can um, stand up uh, to the expectations uh, of such a big club. Franco, a club that's been known to be fairly solid all over the all over the um, the pitch. Um, 
we know that they're a club that doesn't miss finals twice in a row. How do you prepare to play against a team of the calibre of Sydney Olympic? Yeah, look, obviously we've come to the last three clubs and I've only said two clubs in the top five. So uh, this this club and the next two, definitely a top five for me. Sydney Olympic, especially under Ante, will be a club that every team won't want to play. So uh, obviously some great signings, Brendan, will, will give them something they haven't had for a while. So last year they were quite direct getting into the nine and then bouncing off of that. I think Ante will... will already would have been working the pre-season on how to uh, come through their playmakers. So what, what you'll find is um, they'll be very prepared and then as a playing group, as a club, there's no doubt on what they can achieve. So I think the Sydney Olympic fans who are very loyal, very proud, uh, will have a lot to look forward to. And Dom, uh, a few of us have said we think that these guys can make come back to the finals. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, I definitely think they're going to make a come back to the finals. I'm, I'm putting them in my top five. We then come to the one of the other old clubs from the National Soccer League, Sydney United, 58. And Dom, just like their uh, their rivals back at Belmore, the boys from King Tom's, they're going they're firing and they've made some big moves this year. Well, absolutely. Uh, the one we mentioned at the top of the order, Chris Payne from Arpia Leichhardt, comes over to Sydney United at 58. Uh, he's joined by Patrick Antelme from, Antelme from Western United, who had returned from some trials. Jacob Poscolirio from the Mounties Wanderers. They do lose uh, Liam Rose, Michael Roos to MacArthur. Uh, Patrick Altimi, um, obviously we mentioned he's coming back. And Gianni Perkitis from Perth, who's gone to Perth Glory. Indeed, he's come back from he has come back from trials as um, trials with them as well. Uh, defending champions will be looking to continue the return to the glory days. And Franco, we we saw the heights that Sydney United reached under Mark Rudin. Uh, Patrick until until me had a season to remember. Even scoring himself a trial was Western United. He was well backed up by Matthew Sim. It'll be interesting to see how they go this year under Tommy Vidovich. Yeah, look, I've got a lot of time for Tommy. I think he's a super coach. Uh, he's obviously done his time with, with United under, under the right people, but also at Western City Wanderers. He's proven himself to not only understand football, that's the first and foremost requirement, but being able to man manage. And at this level, you've got uh, people that work all day. You've got people that have young families. And, and football at this level is very important, very serious, very professional in my mind. But you have to understand that Chris Payne, super, super player, you have to understand his dynamics. He's been working all day. He, he travels to training and, and you've got to get him really, really pumped up, which he does automatically. He's a professional, but you've just got to understand that dynamics. And I think Tommy will allow Sydney United to really excel and find the right balance of his team because there's no doubt in the playing ability. There's no doubt in the commitment of Sydney United to this football competition. Uh, so for me, they're top five, and, and I think Tommy will, will really step up as, as one of the leading young coaches in the comp. And, Brendan, we've seen from Sydney United, while they often have a decent squad of players to work with, they seem to respond at their... One of those clubs that really does seem to respond through having the right people at the top. We saw what they did with, with Mark Rudin, and it really does excite me to see uh, what Vidovich can do. Yeah, and I think just to, to back that up, they've got such a um, passionate fan base as well that always seems to get um, the best out of the playing group, and, and whether that be on match day or the build-up to match day, I think that's really important. Um, and it's been so effective over the years. Um, you know, you look at their squad on paper and, 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 it, and it looks really strong. You can't really see any weaknesses there. And, you know, when you've got a striker of the quality of Patrick Antelme and, and then you've then got the ability to, you know, bring in someone like uh, Chris Payne who scored goals in this competition, um, you know, it's crazy to, crazy to think that they've got that sort of depth. So they're going to be extremely difficult to beat. Um, they obviously will be top five. They'll be fighting for the, for the premiership. Um, but it's always a game that I've, I've enjoyed playing against the, the club. They like to play the right style of football, um, so it tends to be a good battle each and every time I've come up against them in the past, and, and that would be no different uh, this year. Finally, we come to the Wollongong Wolves, and Dom, you know, this is a team that, under Luke Wilkshire, has really become a force in the competition. Yeah, uh, they're, they're really strong for the last couple of seasons. Uh, worked with a guy at Fox who played with them for a couple of years and he was telling me uh, how strong the, the club has become. Um, you know, and it's taking great strides towards being a 
prolific uh, opponent for many teams in the in the NPL. Um, this year they bring in Thomas James um, after or he comes back after Perth Glory released him after a trial. Leroy Jennings from Blackdown City. Aidan Munford comes across from Mariners Youth. They do lose, as I mentioned, Luke Careys to, to Sydney Olympic. Thomas James goes to Perth Glory. Uh, Takuru Okada to Heidelberg United. That's NPL Victoria. And Chris Price has been released. To me, I think the big loss here, Franco, is Takuro Okada, who really two years ago set the um, the competition by storm um, in the middle of the park and gave Wollongong an amazing um, dynamic in midfield. Totally agree. For me, he was a standout of that season, super player, in particular coming from the left, cutting in, uh, just had that, that dyna- dynamic sort of movement that we don't have too much in this league. So he was making the right backs, the centre backs, the number sixes. The pe- people were just not knowing which way this guy's going. Uh, and, and he was breaking games at the right moments. He was able to give Wollongong that, that heads up in most, most tight games. And, and I think, I think Wollongong will miss that. They'll miss that in a big way. I still see them top five. I think Luke has the team playing good football. They're defensively very solid. They are able to move the ball and, and dominate in, in terms of possession and and team teams that come up against Wollongong don't really know how to break that down at the moment. So I think I think they'll struggle to, to win the comp how they did two years ago in terms of the minor premiership, but I don't think it'll be that that easy, uh, but I, I do believe they'll be up there and and they'll dominate most most games. So for me, a massive loss uh, with him, but still a great squad. And clearly, they've recruited a few boys to make up for that. Brendan, this is a this is a team that's re- that really exploded um, since their return to under the full Wollongong banner. Um, and this year, picking up Leroy Jennings in terms of a death play, along with Aidan Mumford um, from the Mariners, the squad seems like it's just trying to solidify itself. But is the loss of a Carter going to be too much of a gap for them to fill? Well, I think the loss of a Carter is is the biggest one. You know, Frank has already spoken about what a what a player is, and, and I I own every single aspect of that. I think he's a fantastic talent. Um, he lit up the competition. He was so deadly, um, and he was consistently deadly as well. Every single game that you saw, um, you know, he was either creating chances or scoring chances. So I, I think regardless of who you're bringing in, it's always going to be difficult to replace a player such as that. Uh, I think Leroy Jennings is a, is a really good talent. Now, competition, I think, is a different type of player to Okada, more of sort of a, a, an up-and-down speed stuff. Um, uh, but, but in saying that, a, a good player nonetheless. Uh, but they're, they're really going to miss Okada. And look, uh, obviously what happened in the semi-final between Wollongong Wolves and Sydney United, I do understand Thomas James will miss some time due to suspension. Um, so I think missing him early doors is obviously going to be a bit of a struggle. Um, they're still going to be dominant and they're always extremely difficult to beat, uh, especially down um, at their pitch, uh, no longer at Wynn Stadium, at a more difficult field to play on that they're familiar with, but difficult for oppositions to come up and play against. Um, they're, they're going to be difficult to beat at home. I, I don't think they're going to be fighting for the top spots. Uh, I think they've got the potential of sneaking into the top five, though. It really just depends on how well some of those new signings are going to fit in to replace some key individuals that, are, that have left. Very quickly before we finish up, Dom, a uh, quick mention of NPL2. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, a very tight contest in terms of teams looking to earn promotion to NPL1. Last year, it was Central Coast Mariners finishing first just ahead of Northwest Sydney Spirit, of course, formed by the merger of the Northwest Sydney Koalas and the Gladesville Hornsby Spirit. Northern Tigers finished third just ahead of Bonnie Rig White Eagles. But uh, the big changes this year, we see two clubs returning in the form of Mounties Wanderers and the Western Sydney Wanderers and the Newcastle Jets youth dropping back to NPL 3. The return of Mounties Wanderers in particular uh, is going to give this competition some added depth in terms of strength. And really, there are about six teams that could earn promotion to NPL 1. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's a, a very, very competitive division. You know, I, I liken it to the championship in the UK. Uh, you never know what you're really going to get um, from that from that season. There's Every year there's th- two or three new teams that are, that are really pushing for that Premier League promotion. Similar here in this NPL 2. Um, there's plenty of ch- challenges for, for teams week in, week out. The inclusion of Mounties Wanderers, uh, the, a big return for them is, is huge for the competition. That catchment area, as we mentioned, is is massive across uh, all sports and football in particular. They'll only 
make the competition even more exciting. And finally, the round one is going to be coming up in a couple of, in, I guess, a week's time. Manly United, very quickly, they're going to be playing Mount Druitt Town Rangers at Cromer Park. Marconi Stallions will be playing Sydney FC at Marconi Stadium. The Northbridge Bulls will be playing Sutherland Sharks at Fairfield Showground. Arpia Leichhardt hosts Blacktown City at Lambert Park. The old firm feet meeting up, Sydney Olympic versus Sydney United, 58 at Belmore Sports Ground. And Rockdale Illenden will be playing the Wollongong Wolves at the Illenden Sports Centre. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, we have reached full time for our first preview of the 2021 season. That is the NPL New South Wales 1 competition. I'd like to thank our two guests here. First off, Brendan Shalaki, and thank you once again for joining us. Best of luck with Sydney Olympic, and we hope another successful year for you ahead. Thank you very much. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to chat with you guys, and, and looking forward to any other opportunity to, to come being on this um, uh, podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, and wishing you guys all the best for, for a happy and healthy 2021. Franco Parisi, on debut, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hopefully we might get you into our main show. And uh, as Brendan will attest, maybe we will, we'll have you drop and give us 20 at some point. <laughs> Love talking football with people that understand and great guys. So absolute pleasure to be on tonight and more than happy to join whenever you like me to. Dom, always a pleasure. Caruso, likewise. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, as, uh, as you mentioned, Frank, it's great to speak with like-minded football connoisseurs, um, uh, if, you know, on these kind of special editions. And uh, I, for one, I think, uh, like everyone else, I'm just really excited for this season to start, especially with the year that we have coming up on Triple H Sports. And I'm sure, Dom, Frank will be only too kind to give you an autograph a little bit later on tonight. <laughs> but with that... Um, a digital it is, one, of course. And a digital one, indeed. Uh, it is another exciting year for NPL. We can't wait for kickoff. But until then, this has been Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Franco Parisi, Brendan Shalakian, and Dom Rizzuto, I'm Anthony Caruso. As always, run hard or run home. Good night.